Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast. Bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. This is our last episode of Rams Up before Super Bowl 56 between the Cincinnati Bengals and our Los Angeles Rams. have a lot to get through here. After we get through some news and notes, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at the Super Bowl experience of the Bengals and Rams players, the Super Bowl history of both teams, and then we're going to take a snapshot of the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals, get you all educated about this team, hopefully. Then we'll compare these two teams from a stats perspective. We'll do a deep dive into matchups of interest between these two teams. And then we're going to wrap things up with our fearsome four keys to the game and look at what some experts are saying. We'll also take a look at some prop bets we like. And finally, we'll offer some predictions of our own. Get through some NFL and Rams news of note. The Rams will be losing yet another assistant coach, Kevin O'Connell, their offensive coordinator, We'll be moving on to the Minnesota Vikings as their head coach. Lovey Smith, the old Rams defensive coordinator, has been hired by the Houston Texans as their head coach. And some strange things going on in Arizona. Kyler Murray 
has removed all references to the Cardinals from his social media. I don't think anybody quite knows what's going on yet. Is he going to threaten he's going to restart his baseball career? It may not mean anything, but I have a feeling it means something. And Alvin Kamara, the New Orleans Saints running back, arrested in Las Vegas, gets into a fight, something to do with an elevator, someone trying to get on the elevator with him and his group, and Alvin puts his hand up to stop him, and somehow it escalates into a fight with this guy getting pummeled, apparently. I think Alvin Kamara is in some trouble. Now, these are early reports. I'm just reading it from various sources across the internet. Sometimes we get bad information early on, so let's not pass judgment on Alvin quite yet. But early reports do not sound good. And did y'all watch the Pro Bowl? I didn't. I just have no interest in watching that. Don't know what happened. Not sure I really care that much. All I know is there were no Rams in this year's Pro Bowl because they're tied up with another game that's a tad more important. It's heating up in California, and the Santa Ana winds could be cooking. The Rams may have to move their practice to the Rose Bowl. Winds will be howling in Thousand Oaks, so a strong possibility they're going to have to move camp to Pasadena. Look back at the fines that were incurred from that NFC Championship game against the 49ers. Ben Skaronic, 4000 for that illegal hit on the punt return. I think it's well-deserved. Jalen Ramsey fined $15,000 for going after the refs and the Niners kicker at halftime right when they were breaking for intermission. That seems a tad steep to me. Jimmy Ward, $20,000 for the hit on OBJ. What's really weird is Jimmy Ward is on tape threatening to go after OBJ for a hit OBJ put on him in week 10. And that was on an interception. I went back and looked at that. Jimmy Ward catches the ball. This was that long interception Stafford threw. Jimmy Ward catches it like a fair catch, basically. OBJ crashes into him and knocks him to the ground. I'm not sure what Jimmy Ward was upset about, but apparently he's been thinking about it for a long time and finally got his shot in OBJ and not good timing to get revenge, that's for sure. And the reason the Ramsey find is really weird is Fred Warner did not get fined at all for hitting Stafford from behind on that play. Not sure I get that. It was definitely a penalty, a block in the back. I don't know, maybe they're saying Stafford was just part of the play, so they're going to let it go, but I don't know, that was a bad look for Fred Warner, and he has admitted as such. Some notes pertaining directly to the Super Bowl The most interesting thing I heard this week is, actually just yesterday, Taylor Rapp is ready to go, but he'll be going as a backup, and Eric Whittle has been designated as a defensive play caller. Trying to decipher what all this means, to me it means Ernest Jones is ready to go, Treven Howard has also established himself as a very valuable linebacker, especially against the pass, and is playing very well. So it appears that Troy Reader is the odd man out, and they're handing those play-calling duties to Eric Weddle. So Reader and Rapp are out. I'm sure they'll still see some playing time, especially Reader, but the fact that Weddle is going to have defensive calling responsibilities indicates Reader is not going to be on the field as much as he has recently, not nearly as much. Some additional injury updates. McVeigh said it's looking good for Daryl Henderson, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Robert Rochelle. 
it'll be a game time decision for Tyler Higby and Joseph Nobu. Man, I'm really pulling for Tyler Higby. Hopefully he can get back for this Super Bowl game. He deserves it. He's been a warrior for us. One of my favorite Rams and one of the most underrated players on this roster. Not done yet here. Not even close. Got a lot more to cover. Back in a second. Let's kick off our game preview by looking at Super Bowl experience for both of these rosters. Now, the Rams were in Super Bowl 53 following the 2018 season. Quite a few guys that were in that game are still on the Rams roster. Johnny Hecker, of course. Brian Allen and Joseph Noteboom both had two snaps on special teams. Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havenstein, Tyler Higby, and Aaron Donald all were starters Aaron Donald, the only returning starter on defense from that 2018 team. Robert Woods played in that game. He will be on IR. Of course, Johnny Munt had 13 snaps on special teams in Super Bowl 53. Of course, he's on IR as well. Two guys currently on the Rams practice squad, Blake Countess and Justin Lawler, played in Super Bowl 53. Countess had one snap on special teams. Lawler had two snaps on special teams. And of course, then there's Sony Michelle, who played for the Patriots in that game. And probably shouldn't leave out Vaughn Miller, seeing as how he was the MVP of Super Bowl 50, playing for the Denver Broncos. And then, of course, there's Cooper Cup. He missed Super Bowl 53 with an injury and now figures to be one of the major factors the Bengals are going to have to deal with in Super Bowl 56. On the Bengals side... Ricardo Allen played for the Falcons in that collapse against the Patriots. They also have Mike Thomas on their roster. He was with the Rams in 2018, only played in one game, had no stats, did not appear in the Super Bowl. I think he was injured. I dug and dug trying to find out what happened to him in 2018, but he definitely did not play in the Super Bowl, and he might not play in this one. He's stuck on the depth chart behind those great Bengal receivers. And Zach Taylor was the quarterback coach for the Rams in 2018. And the Super Bowl history for these two teams. This is the Rams' fifth Super Bowl. They lost to the Steelers in Super Bowl 14, 31-19. They beat the Titans in Super Bowl 34, 23-16. They lost to the Patriots in Super Bowl 36 and Super Bowl 53. Scores were 20-17 and 13-3. Those Super Bowls were in... Pasadena, Atlanta, New Orleans, and again in Atlanta. This is the Bengals' third Super Bowl, or 0-2. Super Bowl 16 in Detroit, 1982, they lost to the 49ers 26-21. And seven years later, in Miami, Super Bowl 23, they lost again to the 49ers 20-16. Let's take a high-level look at the Rams versus the Bengals historically. The Bengals lead the series 8-6. The last time these two teams played, 2019 in London, Andy Dalton versus Jared Goff. It was a 10-10 game late in the first half, and the Rams ran a double reverse flea flicker. Jared Goff hits Cup on the right sideline. The cornerback falls down, and Cup races to the end zone. 65-yard touchdown play. 
Cup in that game had seven catches for 220 yards and one TD, the most yardage he's ever gained in a game. Goff finished with 372 yards. Rookie Daryl Henderson outrushed Todd Gurley. They had 49 and 44 yards, respectively. Back to Super Bowl 56, the odds opened up at 3.5 in the Rams' favor, moved up to 4.5, then back to 4. By the time you hear this, may have changed again. Going to be a beautiful day in L.A., 80-degree weather expected. Another opportunity for L.A. to show off their great SoCal weather to the rest of the nation. Before we get into the matchups, let's look at what the Bengals did this year. They finished 10-7. and They basically forfeited the Week 18 game against the Browns. Coached by Zach Taylor, the offensive coordinator is Brian Callahan. He's out of UCLA. He was Stafford's quarterback coach for two years in Detroit. So it'll be interesting if he has some inside intel on Stafford. The defensive coordinator is Lou Anarumo. He spent 23 years in the college coaching ranks before elevating to the pro game. This year, the Bengals have had three overtime games, lost two of them. They beat Minnesota and lost to Green Bay and the Niners. They were 7-6 and six after losing that game to San Francisco in overtime, and then they won three straight against Denver, Baltimore, and Kansas City. And in the playoffs, they beat the Raiders, Titans, and Chiefs. During the regular season, they were 5-3 and three on the road, 5-4 and four at home. We'll take a closer look at their offensive and defensive units in our matchup segment. Their big draft pick this year was, of course, the rookie Jamar Chase. They nailed that pick. Key players on defense. Well, you have to start with defensive end Trey Hendrickson. He's a free agent that came over from New Orleans. 14 and a half sacks. He gets after the quarterback like no one else. Their other defensive end, Sam Hubbard, he had two sacks against the Chiefs. Got to pay attention to him. And they have a pair of very good safeties, Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bell. Quite a few guys to be aware of on offense. Joe Burrow, the quarterback, three wide receivers, really dangerous group, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Their running back, Joe Mixon, is no slouch. Their tight end, C.J. Uzama, has really come on. Got hurt in that Chiefs game. We'll have to see if he's good to go later in the week. He might miss this game. I suspect he'll be okay. And their rookie kicker, Evan McPherson, has been as solid as they come. Hopefully he won't be a factor in this game. Rams connections, Brandon Allen, the old Ram backup quarterback, Clay Johnston, the seventh round pick of the Rams who got cut last year, and Mike Thomas, the wide receiver, mentioned him already. I suspect he'll get in the game at some point, but not normally a big factor. So what's the deal with these Bengals? After winning the AFC North with a 10-7 and record, they beat the Raiders at home and then go on the road and beat the number one seed at Titans and then go to Kansas City and fall behind 21-3. Bengals closed to 21-10 and that was the score at halftime thanks to a bad decision by the Chiefs trying to score with five seconds left rather than kicking a field goal. So they come back from halftime. It's an 11-point game, Kansas City up 21-10, and the Bengals have a plan. They change it up on defense. They rush four guys, sometimes only three, and just swamp the secondary, really frustrating Mahomes. And, And the Chiefs' offense really struggles in that second half. 
Mahomes throws one interception that leads to an easy touchdown for the Bengals and then throws another one in overtime, and the Bengals come back and win that game. So they really outsmarted the Chiefs in the second half, made a big adjustment, and the Chiefs really didn't make the necessary changes to offset that adjustment. If you watch that game, there were several plays where Mahomes was just running around, eluding three or four rushers, but he could find nobody open. And you have to say Mahomes didn't really play that well. He wasn't himself in that second half. When he did have guys open, he just couldn't pull the trigger. He had Kelsey open in the end zone on that final drive before overtime. For whatever reason, didn't pull the trigger. So that's how the Bengals got here, and they deserve it. They made great adjustments at halftime, and then they executed and beat the Chiefs. So here you have it, the Rams versus the Bengals in Super Bowl 56. We're going to come back and take a closer look. The tail of the tape between these two teams, matchups to be aware of and perhaps concerned about if you're a Rams fan, and one significant matchup problem Bengals fans have to be really worried about back in a minute for a deep dive look into the matchup between these two teams. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-GAMBLER. 889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. dive a little deeper into this matchup. We'll start with a high-level comparison of these teams. We'll start with the Rams offense versus the Bengals defense. Now, both of these teams were better defending the run than they were the pass. Or is it more of a case of teams preferred to attack the Rams in the passing game and the Bengals in the passing game rather than trying to run against them? It might be it might be as much that as anything else. The Rams were 5th in passing, 288 yards per game. The Bengals were 27th in defending the pass, 265 yards. Meanwhile, the Rams were 25th in rushing, 99 yards per game. And the Bengals were 5th in defending the rush, 102 yards per game. Again, I think this may be more of a case of teams just attacking the Bengals through the air. 
The Rams have only allowed 31 sacks and the Bengals have 42 sacks middle of the pack there. So I don't expect Stafford to be under a lot of pressure in this game. That's not to say that the Bengals aren't going to get some pressure, though. Uh, I think it'll be more of a case of coverage sacks when they're dropping seven, eight guys in coverage and Stafford struggles to find anyone open in that zone coverage. Bengals offense versus the Rams defense. The Bengals are seventh in the league in passing, right behind the Rams, 283 yards per game, and the Rams are 24th defending the pass, 263 yards per game. The Bengals are only 23rd in rushing, 102 yards per game, Rams 6th in defending the run, 103 yards per game. Big edge as far as getting to the quarterback. The Rams have had 50 sacks. Third in the league, the Bengals have allowed 55 sacks. So I think in this game, both teams are going to try to take away the pass as much as they can and hope that their front fours or threes, in the Bengals' case, can clamp down on that running game. I think both defenses would prefer the opposition try to run the ball. As far as penalties go, both teams pretty disciplined. Rams and Bengals fifth and seventh, respectively, in penalty yardage this season. Before I get into the matchups, I wanted to mention that I've been searching the web for good analysis of this matchup. There's a lot of bad analysis, I think, but I found one that I think really nails it, kind of captures the way I feel. If you go to CBS Sports and look for their interview of Ray Lewis and how he sees this matchup panning out. It's really good. I think Ray nails it, especially with respect to the importance or the potential importance of Cam Akers. What are the key matchups in this game? Well, key matchup number one, the Rams secondary versus those Bengal wide receivers. The Bengals are going to run three studs out there. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Are the Rams really going to try to lock down Jamar Chase with Jalen Ramsey the entire game? I think it'll be Ramsey most of the time, not necessarily every down. But when Ramsey is locked up on Chase, are other DBs up to the task? D. Will, David Long, perhaps Robert Rochelle are going to be asked to lock these guys down, or at least limit them. Darius Williams hasn't had a standout year, in my opinion. David Long's been playing really well. Williams' last interception, if I'm not mistaken was the pick six in the playoff game against Seattle last year. Robert Rochelle hasn't played in a while, so we have to hope these cornerbacks are up to the task, especially in the first two and a half, three seconds that Burroughs has the ball because he's going to be getting rid of it quickly. And at the same time, you try to take away those short underneath passes, you risk getting torched on a deep ball. Matchup number two, these Rams linebackers shutting down the Bengals running backs in the passing game. The Bengals are probably going to go max protection. Rams will blitz a little bit. Troy Reader, Ernest Jones. You got to be wary of these screen passes to Jamar Chase and the running back screens to, and these underneath screens to Sama J.P. Ryan. They'll run some jet sweeps with Jamar Chase. That'll potentially take Jalen Ramsey out of the play, and our linebackers are going to have to shut that down. They're going to try to get Jamar Chase touches any way they can. Jet sweeps, screen passes, intermediate and deep balls. So I'm mainly talking about Reader, Howard, and Jones shutting down these screen passes and jet sweeps. Matchup number three. Well, you know the Rams defensive line has a big edge over this Bengal offensive line, but we can't just get to Burrow and put pressure on him. We have to put him on the ground. 
He's very athletic. He has a lot of escapability. He actually reminds me a lot of a younger Russell Wilson. Very strong lower body. He will bounce out of arm tackles and extend plays. We need to get to him a lot because if we allow him to extend plays, we can't ask our secondary to cover these guys for that long. Got to put him on the ground when we have the chances. Matchup number four is Stafford versus this Bengals zone defense. They're going to throw at us. They're going to have seven or eight guys in coverage. That's why we're going to have to get Cam Akers involved a lot, just like Ray Lewis says. And Stafford has struggled against the zone. Stafford and McVay have to figure it out quickly. Eli Apple is a weak link back there. Stafford will probably focus on his zone, perhaps. But big question mark, how well Stafford will do against this zone defense. Matchup number five, I've already talked about the Bengals' offensive line, but let's be more specific now. Let's talk about their situation at right guard. Hakeem Adeniji has been their starter for most of the year, but he has really struggled. If they have a weak link on a weak offensive line, it's that right guard position and Adeniji. Against Kansas City, they started to rotate Jackson Carmen in. That's a real sore spot for the Bengals, and AD is probably going to line up there on the first play of the game and begin testing them. So clearly an edge to the Rams here, big time, and the Rams will try to expose that. It's just a matter of magnitude. How bad is that right guard going to perform against AD, Ashawn Robinson, and Greg Gaines? Matchup number six, going to focus on special teams here for a minute. Nothing really stands out in favor of one team or the other. I mean, the Bengals have a great kicker, but I think Matt Kay's no slouch himself. But there's one spot that the Rams do have an edge. The Bengals are near the bottom in punt return, so if Johnny can have a good day, we can really flip the field on the Bengals. On the other hand, the Rams are near the top in punt returns, and the Bengals are in the bottom half. Their punter is Kevin Huber. Brandon Powell has been getting it done for the Rams, so the Rams might have an opportunity for a big return here. Another matchup I'm not going to spend a lot of time on is the Rams' defense against this Bengal rushing attack. That's one thing I'm counting on, keeping the clamps on Joe Mixon. He's going to get his opportunities in the passing game. I'm more worried about that. Rushing game, hey, you know what? We can only hope the Bengals hand off to Joe Mixon 25 times. I think that would be a mistake on their part. We'll be back in a second with some more insight on this Ram-Bengal Super Bowl. Okay, let's bring this episode home, our last segment before Super Bowl 56. Let's get into my fearsome four keys to the game. Fearsome key number one, we need to be patient on offense. Stafford and Mahomes both can't help themselves. They're aggressive when it isn't necessary. We have to be content to run the ball and take the underneath passes if that's what the Bengals are giving to us. They're going to try to shorten the game and they may be successful at that, but we can beat them with that style if necessary. Be aggressive, but don't be stupid. Take the underneath passes, get Cam Akers going, if that's what they're giving to us. For some key number two, our linebackers have to step up and play disciplined. We need to shut down those screen plays and the jet sweeps. 
Go back and look at what P. Ryan did to the Chiefs in the screen game. He killed them with that long touchdown. They're going to run similar plays probably multiple times against the Rams. Here's some key number three. Got to get Burrow down on the ground. Don't let him extend plays. Like we said earlier, he's a lot like Russell Wilson. If he escapes and can extend plays, remember what Wilson and Tyler Lockett have done to us many, many times before. Don't let Burrows out of that pocket. Make him make a play from the pocket and put him on the ground when we can. Fearsome key number four, the start of the third quarter is key. We have to be ready. We have to be ready for any adjustments the Bengals have made. No lead is safe. They have been one of the better teams coming out of halftime, making adjustments on offense and defense. Our first series on offense and defense in our third quarter will be a big factor in the final result. Let's see who's picking who in this game. One I want to get out of the way is this Mattress Mac guy who put $4.5 million on the Bengals on the money line. Now, I'm not going to call him a sharp because he isn't. He loses most of his bets. He lost $12.1 million in wagers in 2021. He bet on the Astros. He bet on the University of Houston to win the NCAA basketball championship. His horse lost in the Kentucky Derby. He bet on Alabama to win the football title. It's just a marketing ploy by this guy. He bets on teams that his Texan customers will support. He makes bets that they will like. And so he's betting against the Los Angeles Rams. And again, it's a marketing ploy. He gets people into his store. If he wins his bet, they get half off on the mattress, something like that. So that bet may swing the spread wherever he made the bet at. But other than that, not too significant. Most of the sharps early on came in on the Rams. The public, we can expect to go heavy on the Bengals late. Now, usually I release this on Thursday morning, and by then, a lot of the so-called media experts have their picks in. At this point, they do not. I know John Breach of CBS is picking the Bengals, but his dad was a kicker for the Bengals, so maybe he should have recused himself. The Vegas consensus score prediction is 26-22 Rams. I went through 14 ESPN experts, nine of them are picking the Bengals, only five picking the Rams. We'll hear from Mike Florio and his crew sometime Thursday, I expect. Same for USA Today and Lorenzo Reyes. We'll hear from the NBC guys, the Football Night in America crew, prior to the Super Bowl, during the Super Bowl pregame. I expect Tony Dungy will pick the Rams. Rodney Harrison I'm going to lay out $4.5 million of my own money. There you go, Mattress Mac. $4.5 million that Rodney Harrison will pick the Bengals. I think a lot of people were on this Joe Burrow bandwagon, and I get it. I guess I can't blame them. It's so clear to me that the Rams are the better team. But there's a lot of contrarians out there. They're going to go with the Bengals and Joe Burrow, and that's fine. I'll get to my prediction at the end here. The announcing crew... Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. I kind of like these guys. They're fair, and that's what I like most about them. Share some prop bets with you that I like. Burroughs, 11.5 yards rushing, take the over on that, especially with the Rams' pressure. He's going to escape a couple of times. I can't imagine he'll end up with less than 11.5 yards. 
There's another bet out there available. Trevin Howard, zero sacks. I'll take that. It's at minus 800, but he's had no sacks this year. If the Rams do blitz a linebacker, it'll more likely be Troy Reader and Ernest Jones. Howard is better in coverage than both of them. So I'll take that one, but I suspect you'd have to lay out a lot of money for them to even take your bet at minus 800. One of my listeners who's a real big prop better, he said, take the Bengals to pass on the first play at plus 105. They have passed on the first play 15 of 20 games. And finally, Sony Michelle rushing for over 17 and a half yards. Now, what you're betting on is, is Cam Akers 100%. If he's not, I would expect Sony Michelle to have well over 17 and a half yards. And secondly, if this game gets out of hand in the Rams' favor, I could see Sony Michelle getting some late carries. So I'll take that bet. Sony Michelle over 17 and a half yards. And Cam Akers' two fumbles against Tampa Bay do play a part in this pick for me. Really good chance the Rams will lean on Sony Michelle in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, up by 10 points. Now for some predictions. Some of these just taking a wild shot at it. My prediction number one, MVP, Cam Akers. I think he has the potential of having a really big day against this defense. Very weak pass defense. They're going to do everything they can to take away Cup and OBJ and Van Jefferson. Cam Akers could light them up. Prediction number two, Rams will have over four sacks. I think they are going to smother him quite often. Like I said, he's going to get away and he's going to make his plays. Rams are going to put him on his back four times, though. Probably more. Prediction number three, I'm really going out on a limb here. I'm going to predict that eight different Rams will have receptions. So that would be two running backs, a tight end, and five wide receivers. What are the chances of that happening? Probably pretty slim, but I just have this gut feeling Stafford's going to be throwing the ball all over the place. Ben Skaronik's going to get in the game. Michelle and Akers and maybe even Henderson are all going to get in the game. So I'm going to stick with that. Eight different Ram receivers will have a reception. And prediction number four. Any Bengals fans listening, please tune out for a second. Thank you. The Rams will run a trick play. In fact, I think both teams will. Two weeks to prepare. Rams have run a couple trick plays recently. The OBJ to Cam Akers pass. The flea flicker screen pass to Kendall Blanton. McVay's going to have something planned with two weeks to prepare. And my prediction, or shall I say our predictions, my special assistant who knows everything but prefers to remain anonymous, his call, Rams 34, Bengals 13. And for myself, Rams 33, Bengals 20. I just wanted to make sure my prediction resulted in a two-score game so I can relax and enjoy the fourth quarter. That's going to do it for this episode. Crossing my fingers that our next drop, Monday morning, after the Super Bowl, will be a celebration podcast with the Rams bringing home their second NFL title their first as the Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be fun. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at podcastramsup. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. 
and don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's greatly appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.